All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, we are back. Jeff Hartman, co-editor of MindedSteelCurtain.com, with you for part two of this Pittsburgh Steelers postgame. They win. They're 2-0. and They are 26-21. to It was a weird game. We've talked about it a lot in part one. If you're just joining us, welcome. Um, if you're watching live on YouTube, you didn't have to go anywhere. We're still right here. I want to say... A lot of fans, uh, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's here in the live chat, have been saying, oh, what are you guys complaining for their 2-0? Well, first and foremost, our job is to create content. Okay, if we started the show and said the Steelers win, all right, buddy, we'll see you later. Not really doing our job when it comes to evaluating the team and the game. So here we are talking about the Steelers. We've already evaluated winners and losers. We talked about grades. Let's talk a little bit about the, the coaching staff. I thought the Steelers had a... A pretty decent plan coming into this game. Uh, the offense, let's start there. The offense seemed like, like I said earlier, they, they're always searching. You know, they even tried the no huddle for a little bit. It just never seemed to get it going. Um, Dave, what are your thoughts on the offensive approach and the coaching staff? Is there anything that popped out to you after this week two win? That what popped out to me is that nothing popped out to me. It's like <laughs> it doesn't seem like there's really anything that you're like, oh yeah, that was a great, you know. Even when a, there is a, a great call on offense, we a lot of times chalk it up to Ben. Yeah, you know right. what I mean. That's just what we have a tendency to do. You know, when it goes right, Ben did or did the right thing. When it's a bad play call, it wasn't Ben. You know, so it, it it's really tough to tell. Um, I'm really tired of this team doing absolutely nothing on their opening drive. Now <laughs> this time, as we said, it was basically squashed by the Deontay Johnson fumble on first down because what were they second and 18 and they ended up punting on fourth and one, you know, so that, that should have, they should have been able to move that ball is what you would hope, but it's, it's not anything that really jumps out of like, Oh, that was a really fantastic job. Brian Anthony Davis. I would like the Steelers next offensive coordinator to be a man named John crease. You know who John crease is? No. <laughs> uh, where's this going? I'm sure this is going somewhere right in the gutter. <laughs> Finish him. No mercy. Cobra Kai never oh, dies. Uh, now, the reason I'm saying that is because John Kreese has no mercy. Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers take the foot off the throat when they can go ahead and finish him, and they don't. And that has been my complaint for a long time. And, you know, I, I know it's it's admirable not to run up a score, but when you have a chance to completely decimate a team, you do it. And I thought they had an opportunity to decimate a team in the second quarter, and it was not done. Well, it was, it was that off the interception. Off. The Joe Hayden have actually, excuse me, you feel like they could have punched it in and really put a dagger into the Broncos and instead they have to kick a field, which I don't blame them for kicking a field goal, by the way. I thought it was the right call. You go up by more than two scores, you're getting the ball to start the third quarter. But man, if they could have scored a touchdown there, I think it would have put them away. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the defense, Keith Butler's approach, which was blitz, 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 and pray for the best in the back half. Uh, Dave, what are your thoughts on the defensive approach? I mean, as long as they change it up each week, I'm okay with, you know, I, I felt like it was, 
it was almost like, oh, this worked last week. Let's do it again. I don't – it's going to change week to week depending on what you're playing. This is the NFL. This isn't like you're playing – you know, this isn't youth league football. This isn't Pop Warner. You've got to you've got to change up what you're doing because those other guys are getting paid an awful lot of money to do good things as well. So once once teams know what your defense is doing, they're going to be able to figure out a way to counteract it. So they've they you need to get ahead of the curve. That's the biggest thing with all the coaches. Sometimes I don't feel like they stay ahead of the curve, meaning that they're that they're we want to do our thing until we have to react and are forced to do something else. So I don't. That's I don't know if that's that's kind of just how I feel about it right now. I don't know if I have a really good backing or great evidence for it, but that's just kind of how I feel about the defense. Is that that uh, time to time to make sure the other team doesn't know what's coming? How about you, Brian? Okay. Both sides of the bed, kids. Look on both sides of the bed because on one side, TJ Watt. On the other side, it's Bud Dupree. And they're coming for you. But the problem, when you do that every single time, you're leaving guys out on an island and they're playing a soft zone. And I got to tell you, that's uh, what the scary part of this whole thing is. They need to bring it. uh, I mean, I don't want to dial dial back the blitz as much but maybe in some spots you do to go ahead and give the uh give the offense excuse me give the defense a chance i'm talking about the secondary a chance because noah fan was going crazy i had him on my fan duel today so i was like way but i'm like i don't care about i i could win nine dollars later you know i mean all i'm saying is that uh I'm I'm not off the bandwagon on the secondary. I think the secondary is a strength, going to be a strength of this team again. But maybe you do some fine tuning, and that's all I'm asking for. Uh, I have a question for you, Jeff. Sure. Do you think the Steelers, you know, particularly with their their coaching staff and their game plan, do you think they're taking the the quality of their secondary for granted and not putting them in the best positions? I mean, honestly, I think that. Maybe we, I mean, maybe last season, you know, you always ask the question of what comes first, the pass rush or great coverage. It's like mm-hmm. the chicken and the egg debate. Uh, but ultimately, you know, the pass rush is there, but at the same time, it to what well, I guess, you know, how much are you risking to get it? And I, I just think that if the Steelers could find a happy balance defensively of of sending a ton of blitz blitzes and then just relying on your front four to put pressure on the quarterback. I think that's your best case scenario because like Brian mentioned, when you send those extra pass rushers, you're leaving people out to dry behind you and that can be bad, but still it's one of those situations where the Steelers defense is going to live and die by the, by the pass rush. They always have been. They always will be. They're going to rack up sacks. I, I, if they don't lead the NFL in sacks heading into week three, I'd be, I, I don't know who would maybe the Washington football team. They, they sacked the Eagles a ton, in week one, but still, I mean, what do they have? 10 sacks now after two weeks. Yep. That's on pace for 80. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 10 sacks after two weeks. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. Well, that's incredible. But also remember the last right. time they had this many sacks in a game was they did it one time last year against, against the Bengals. Oh, wow. And they normally get like, I remember a couple eight sack games against Cleveland yeah. in the past. Well, no, well they, they had eight sacks against the Bengals last year. Then they had seven against Cleveland the year before. And then they had like, then in 20, 
2017, yeah, they had seven against Cleveland. 2016, they had eight against Cleveland. Some of some of those stats, but uh, yeah, that was and that I, I think I tweeted out at halftime. They had they because they had five sacks in the first half. That was the first time since 2007. Yeah, so that was pretty 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 good pressure. This is this is where you queue up the Will Ferrell. We're going streaking <laughs> cue because two streaks continue today. Mm-hmm. 25 games with a turnover. That's right. The Steelers are just tried and true. It's never going to end. I really don't think it ever is going to end. I think I think it's just literally just going to be, we're just going to commit a turnover every single game in one way, shape, or form. And it started with Roethlisberger's interception, then was compounded by Snell's fumble. Guys, is this thing ever going to end? Brian, what do you think? I thought it was going to end this week. And uh, the interception, I thought it was bad. I thought the fumble was even worse. Um, They got to get control of it. And I'm not going to predict the end of the streak anymore in Bolden Bazaar because I just can't anymore until I see them being able to hold on to the ball. You thought it was going to end because it was like Deontay Johnson mishandled the ball two weeks ago. I mean, last week, and it hit his shoulder. And, you know, okay, that's a special teams play. But no, I mean, the offense, uh, those were two egregious ones that could have cost them the game, and it really could have. So I'm not going to breathe a sigh of relief until I see a couple weeks in a row. Even a three-game streak would be nice. A quick shout-out to the Bold and Bizarre predictions for the uh, (laughs) Dave Scofield, Kylo Ren. As I knocked down a bunch of stuff behind me to bring out yeah. the, the helmet. That was hysterical. I was laughing out loud as I was editing that article. And I even messaged Dave. He's like, you got to read Bolden Bazaar. He called you out. He called you. You know, it's getting harder. <laughs> he never to... said my name. Who else has a Kylo Ren Steelers helmet and would be walking around on field complaining about the inactive list? That would be one other than Dave Scofield. <laughs> hey, it's up to interpretation. That article is getting harder to write to find goofy stuff to write. But I'm trying because Jeff is probably my biggest fan when it comes I to love that, that article. I love that article. So, yeah. so I've got to come. I mean, I, I'm off of the Le'Veon Bell thing. That that thing has played out. Now it's Bougie Smith Schuster, um, yep. the dog. So he's going to be featured every week. There you go, Dave. What about the streak for you? Do you think it's going to ever end? We're still talking about the bad streak, right? Yes, the bad streak. Um, I honestly, I think it might go on for. It'll end this season. But as much as I, I I don't know, I don't have the confidence right now. If they would have just left with just the one turnover, it would have been one thing. But that second one, my goodness, that was your chance to to just go in and just open up and destroy that game right there. You've got the ball. You just got two points and then got the ball over midfield. I'm sorry. So it's, it's not as bad as running the Wildcat after the after yeah. Stephen Nelson oh, uh, interception. But, that was a uh, long ride right home. You, you, can, you can't put that ball on the turf there. You can't no. do that. I, I don't think it's going to end anytime soon. Yeah. The, the Steelers are just – it's just the way that they are. You know I mean? It's one of those you're, – you're thinking, you're like, man, eventually Ben's not going to throw a pick, but it seems like someone's then going to fumble the ball away. It just mm-hmm. seems the way that this team is trending, and they've been trending for the last two-plus years. So – we talked about the bad streak. What about the good streak? That would be none other than the sack streak. Dave, what number is that now? Games with a sack? 59. Yeah, when I oh. tweeted it out, I after I hit the thing and I said, wait, that says 55. It's supposed to be 59. Yeah, because it was 58 that I had I had that written down 
and out in my article earlier this week, F- 59 straight games, regular season games. You have to say regular season games because their last postseason game they had, they did not. What is the time. longest streak in NFL history? It's in the sixties. Um, I know that it's, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the bears or, or as might be the team. I'd have to, I'd have to look that up, but I know it's in, the, I think it's like, I think it's 68 or 69, but Gosh, I can let you know. Can can anyone foresee a time when they don't get a sack in a game? I mean, I, I literally can't. I can't. You've right got to have though. a you've got to have a complete dink and dunk mentality or a game that you're playing in in a downpour where you're just going to run the ball and run it effectively, you know, and have the lead on the Steelers because if you get behind, they're going to get a sack. End of story. Yeah, Good, I Brian. tell you what, they are becoming Watt and Dupree right now are becoming probably two of the most prolific bookends in Pittsburgh Steelers history over the last two years. So I'm not saying that that they're Woodley and Harrison. I'm not I'm not saying uh, that that they are all that. I'm not saying they're Lloyd and Green, but they're looking awfully close, guys. They're definitely top three, I would say. Yeah. I mean, they're better than Porter and Higgins. I mean, come on. I mean, I think they're top three for sure. So we'll see. We'll see. We shall see. I mean, it's going to be. I just that's crazy. Fifty nine football games that they've registered at least one sack. So that's pretty remarkable, pretty remarkable stuff. Um, let's get to some questions. We haven't done this in a while. If you have questions for the show, go ahead and fire them away in the uh, live chat and we will gladly answer them. I have a question for you guys to get things rolling while we get some questions here. And that would be none other than, um, well, Dave should be happy because the inactive list was actually accurate this time. Yay. What do you think in terms of Anthony McFarlane gets a helmet, but that's not important to me. Ulysses Gilbert, the third. Okay. This is a guy that everyone was talking about. He was the sub package player, the hybrid player. He's been active in weeks one and two. What in the inactive. world inactive? I'm sorry. Inactive. Yes. Thank you for the correction. And what in the world is going on? And have we seen Sean Davis play a defensive snap yet? Anyone? Uh, I don't think so. Not that I know of. He didn't last week, and I didn't see him out there this week. I don't see the stats yet. Anything tell you that we should see UG3 in a helmet sooner than later, Dave? No. Um, I I really don't. Uh, obviously, it seems like he's not part of that game plan. So I don't know if it's him. I don't know if it's just what they're trying to do. But uh, what's crazy is who would have got it last week? Who would have got it last week? Would it have been McFarland or UG3? Which player did they screw up and have inactive when they should have had one of them? But I, I don't get the point of – I understand why this week I would have thought about going with McFarland because Connor got injured early last week just to be safe. But, um, I mean, you would think with that many – with the extra players he could bring – I mean, he he was leading the Steelers in special team snaps until he got hurt last season. And now they're not even getting him out there even just to have for special teams. It's crazy. I, I I don't know. What about you, Brian? What do you think? Maybe there's something we don't know. It's just ponderous that he's not in there. So what I say about what we don't know, maybe uh, on Monday through Saturday that uh, he's not impressive. Maybe they just uh, he's just not fitting what they want to do. We have you mentioned Sean Davis. We haven't seen anything from him. We've seen very little from Marcus Allen. And those are guys that are on the team as well. So I'm wondering uh, what their plan is as far as these guys go. 
Yeah, I, I just can't believe it wasn't. I, it was more fans than anything else. But I, I still can't believe it. It's crazy when you think about how how much hype there was around UG three coming into this season, and then all of a sudden he's inactive for two games. You're thinking, man, wh- wh- where's the disconnect there? I don't know. Um, someone asked about um chase claypool the question was how many yards do you think he's going to have this season so far after two games he had 88 today he has 127 total yards receiving where do you think he'll end up brian okay you said 188 is that correct no he's at 127 127 i'm sorry he had 88 Um, today okay so you know i'm thinking right now that uh he's uh right around a 700 yard receiver but the more and I said this to my buddy while I was watching the game. The more that uh, Ben gets comfortable with Claypool, the more that he is going to emerge as a major threat, and you're going to see more in the second half than you do the first half from Chase Claypool. So right now I'll say about 700, but you're going to get maybe about six touchdowns out of him. What about you, Dave? Well, if you go by averages, he should go over 1,000 yards. <laughs> but I – but you're not always going to get him for an 84 yard touchdown every two games. So I think he's the guy is going to be, it might be a lot of feast or famine. I think he might turn into that guy that takes advantage of the long pass plays as Juju Smith Schuster is constantly getting the work in the large number of questions and not racking up the yards. So I could see him going over, you know, no seven or 800 yards if they continue to, but it just, if he has a game in there where he only has, you know, one catch for eight yards, don't flip out because I think there's going to be times when you're going to yeah. have like today where you get the 84 yard reception. I mean, if, if you look at the Steelers rookies in recent years and, and try to dictate from that, hey, just listen to the total yards, you know, Heinz Ward had 246 his rookie year, Santonio Holmes, 824, Plexico burst 273, Antonio Brown only 167, Mike Wallace 756, Juju 917. I would lean more towards Mike Wallace's 756 as an accurate number if, if we're trying to predict. Brian, go ahead. You look like you want to say something. Yeah, I want to ask a question to both of you. Who, if you're just a casual observer, who do you think Ben Roethlisberger's number one receiver is right now as far as he's concerned? Juju Smith Schuster. Okay. Yes. Dave, that's me. You going with that? And not Deontay yes. Johnson? Um I was surprised how much he went to Deontay Johnson again today. But um I think Deontay Johnson, he goes to him because Deontay Johnson does a good job of getting open. He really yes. does. But so if he's he gonna could... look for somebody first, he's gonna throw it to Juju if he has to. Okay. And and I'm I'm fine with that. And actually I I agree with that as well, but it's going to be a pick your poison type of situation, just like you and Je- you and Jeff were talking about earlier with these guys um, on the defense. We were talking about the defense. Pick your poison. How how do you want to get killed? It's going to be the same way. They're going to Ben Roethlisberger is going to be able to kill you in a lot of ways. And Eric Ebron's actually one of those. And getting back to the original part of this conversation, Chase Claypool is definitely going to be one of those options for Ben. And it. <laughs> It's funny when you talk about that, you know, I, I think it's horrible fantasy football because it's tough to predict who is going to be the big winner for the Steelers every week, but it's also great for the Steelers offense. Now, Matty Preveral, who's uh, one of our Aussies from down under, he gives us five ninety nine Australian currency, I think, whatever that is. Um, he says, any after week two, any updated record predictions? Now, 
if you know me, uh, it's tough for me to not predict a 16 and no season. <laughs> um, but I had them two and coming into week three anyways. Uh, Brian, did you have them losing a game? I had them losing to Denver. Oh, okay. All um, right. In the preseason. Now I ended up changing my pick last week on, and I was only two off on, on each side. Remember that I picked uh 24, 19 and it was 26, 21. So I was just off by a little, um, but I, I changed my mind on that. But in the preseason, I really thought this was going to be a loss. Uh, Drew Locke scared the heck out of me, but great job by the Steelers uh, defense and, and even the secondary. I mean, they still won the game yeah. and they schemed well for this team. So, and you know, you bring in, you bring in a guy that you weren't planning for in Driscoll. I mean, you've seen him handle Driscoll before when he was starting with Cincinnati, but they weren't expecting him. So that could throw you off a little bit as well. But with that, I, I really thought that uh, this was going to be a loss coming into the season. Dave, update your records at all? Um, no, I'm going to hold steady for now because, you know, they, they, are, they are where they are. I still feel, you know, this was that game that I'm like, I'm going to – I totally missed my pick. The Steelers are going to cover. They're going to crush. And then they didn't. So they're going to be in close games, and there's just going to be those games in there that you don't pull it out but um did you say how many yards did you say claypool has in his first two two games i thought i saw one it was 127 right because he had 80 yeah, yeah. Um, 39 do you know where that puts him all time with steelers rookies in their first two games i don't know but i saw he set the record for the biggest longest play from a canadian born player in nfl history today i did not see that there, yeah. you mean there wasn't an 84 yard punt <laughs> i'm surprised there wasn't but uh brian do you, do you have any idea where that puts him Gosh, I'm I'm not Sense sure. The merger. Sense, Sense the merger Sense after merger. two weeks, rookie wide wide receiver. Yeah, well, well, yeah, wide receiver uh, Just in I, receiving yards. I'm sure Randy Moss crushed that. No, no, no. Um, I meant was for Steelers. Oh, for the Steelers. Steelers. Yeah, uh, Swanee, Uh Lewis Lips had a very good yeah. start. I mean, yes, his, he did. Lewis Lips is number one. Okay, yeah, because 1984, that first game against Kansas City, uh, he was gangbusters, and I think he was pretty good the next week against the Jets as well. I don't know his numbers, so you're saying he's number one, but I'm probably thinking that he's number two. Uh, he's actually number three because Ron Shanklin had 196 yards his first two games in 1970. You, and knew, throwing, you knew who was throwing him passes? Old Dick Shiner, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Dick Shiner was gone. I'm sorry. It was it was either Terry Bradshaw or Terry Hanratty. Mm. But you know, Ron, Ron Shanklin was good, but he was on he was on an island. He was the only guy. Actually, there was two two rookies in 1970 that went over 120 yards their first two games. Jefferson. The other one was Dave Smith. Oh, I forgot about Dave Smith. Yeah. But what's crazy is the Steelers went 0-2 in those two games, and in with Lewis Lips, they went 1-1. So he's up there for Steelers going 2-0 because, really, those yards are nice and everything else is nice. 2-0, baby. Well, Dave, why don't, you update, why don't you update, Dave, everyone with the – you said it on the preview. I'm sure you have it there in your notebook. When the Steelers are 2-0, what does that mean? Okay, you got to find it. Would you got to find it. Well, they've, they've made the playoffs eight out of 10 times since okay. the merger. Um, was it? No, since 90. It was, uh, I think it was since 90 was the only, as far back as it could go. Um, they've made the playoffs eight out of 10 times. 
The only two times they didn't was back-to-back in 98 and 99. Um, and now, cause and effect is different, but every time the Steelers have gone to the Super Bowl since 1990, they have started 2-0. Does that mean the Steelers start 2-0, they go to the Super Bowl? No. You're looking, that's right. going the wrong way. But starting 2-0 is huge. I put it in my in my Crunching the Numbers article that was out this morning. Teams that are 2-0 over 60% of the time make the playoffs. Teams that are one and one, it's just a little bit over 40% of the time they make the playoffs. Big difference. So getting that two and oh, that's a big one. Now you'll worry about three and oh. That's right. Now AJ puts ten dollars in the tip jar. Thank you very much for that. He said Ben needs to put the ball where his receivers can catch it. The drop balls are reasonable drops based on the player's route and momentum and where Ben is placing the football. We talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, Ben is still working off the he's still getting the the kinks. I I keep on saying this. Look, how many games are you going to give Roethlisberger to get acclimated is the question. Some fans, it was week one, you better be ready. And that's understandable. There's going to be that expectation level, but there's going to also need to be the expectation level that it's going to take some time. And every single person is going to have a different timeline for that. So some think that, okay, two games, you should be good to go. Let's go. I think that today was a big step. I think I thought he played better today than he did in week one. I thought that at least starting out, like you know, think about the Giants game. The first half was pretty bad. I mean, you could see happy feet. You could see him. He wasn't comfortable in the pocket. He looked more comfortable today. I think he's only going to get better as they go. But let's finish things up here. Final thoughts. Each of us goes around the horn here and gives us our final thoughts on anything they want to talk about. Dave, your turn. Go ahead. Final thoughts. The sack streak the Steelers will be going for from what I found was 76 games by the Detroit Lions from 1960 to 1965. Wow. Um, That was not one that I was aware of. Um, But final thoughts. It's I said it earlier and I'm going to repeat it. Mike Tomlin has said this in years past. Early in the season, things are going to get rough. You're going to need to be getting better as 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 you go along. The important thing is being able to win along the way. The Steelers haven't looked pretty at times. At times, they've looked great. And as the season goes on, they want that looking pretty to be what we see all the time. But for now, they're 2-0 and as they're improving on a season with, with Ben coming back, no preseason, very different training camp, and yet they're out here 2-0 and getting, re- and, and getting rolling. So what more can you ask for? Brian, go ahead. Final thoughts. I'm more in love with Ben Roethlisberger than I've ever been as the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback. He is now the seventh leading passer in NFL history, surpassing Eli Manning. He also tied a record that we did not talk about today, but he tied Brett Favre for most passes, touchdown passes, over 80 yards in NFL history. So he's up there with Brett Favre for uh, for that. But The big thing about Ben Roethlisberger is he is truly the leader of this team and he is taking a lot of young guys and making them, molding them into what could possibly be champions. Now, we're going to see some growing pains from these guys. Like Jeff said earlier, it's our job to not say, hey, everything's great. They're two and a woo and and go away. We have to point out some things. You have to point out everything that needs improvement as well. But I really love Ben Roethlisberger, and I think he is the MVP of this team right now as far as that offense goes, and he is molding these guys. And so I'm so in love with this guy right now. Let's keep it going. This is a special team, and I'm really jazzed of 
about the next 14 regular season games. For me, on a day where you saw some really, really big-name players go down with injuries, we're talking Saquon Barkley, torn ACL reportedly, done for the year. That means he what a season he had. I mean, it's awful. Uh, Garoppolo um, in Bosa for the 49ers, and they even lost their running back. And I know I'm forgetting some other big-name players. Uh, Tyrod Taylor played for like a few minutes in the game for the Chargers before he left. He didn't play. He was it was a pre-game injury to his chest. So he hurt himself Ooh. in pre-game warm-ups. Yes. Um still, I mean, all these players are getting hurt in the Steelers. The one thing that they have going for them, we can talk about, we can grumble about Ben's ball placement and Randy Feetner's play calling and Keith Butler leaving the secondary exposed. But when it comes down to it, if the only injuries the Steelers are talking about are a backup guard center and Stefan Wisniewski, a right tackle that Really was up for grabs. That position was up for grabs being lost for the year. I know it's bad. I like Zach Banner a lot. But from a skill position standpoint, and yes, I knocked on wood, Pittsburgh Steelers are pretty darn healthy, and they you should be happy about that. And the fact that you have someone like uh, Kevin Dotson stay, you know, my gosh, stepping up big time, it was a good thing to see. Good thing to see. So the Steelers are healthy. They're hoping to get David DeCastro back soon. Skill position seems good. Mike Tomlin did not add any new injuries after the game, right, Dave? Um, there were some technical difficulties with them starting off. He didn't, I didn't hear him mention any. Um, from what I could hear, is there was times where it was cutting out and coming back in. So, from the best of my knowledge, no. Yeah. So, there you go. They stayed healthy. I'll take that out any of the week. Guys, anything else before we call the show? Let's keep this train a rolling, boys. Hey, next man up, they, they pulled it off. Today, the right side Absolutely. of the line. Actually, I do have one more thing. Sure. And this is a programming note. Okay. Check out that post-game press conference from Mike Tomlin. Michael Beck, five minutes after we went on the air, that appeared on the podcast platform now. I didn't want to announce that earlier because you want to check this out. This is awesome. Now, go ahead and check that out as well. Um, lots of great things from that press conference, um, what he said and his thoughts after the game. Very good. Check out all of our stuff at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We have everything that you'll need leading up to the week three game against the Texans, whether it's film room breakdowns, commentary, breaking news, we've got you covered. Make sure you check out all of our, our podcasts on our audio platforms at Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, you name it, we are there. Find us, follow us, we appreciate it. And hey, Steelers are 2-0. Pump that fist wherever you're listening or watching. 3-0 is next. Here we go, Steelers. We'll see you. Take care. <laughs>